Welcome to The How, Channeling Water Solutions, a podcast from W12 Plus Programs. The How focuses on water solutions and the people behind them from around the world. In each episode, we are in conversation with two guests with two different viewpoints on some of the most pressing water challenges facing the world today. From W12 Plus Programs, I'm your host, Judy Jane. My co-host, Dakota Victoria Splichilova, will join us in one moment. In this episode, we hear from Uyatwa Satali from Sanitation Water for All and Yunia Muzazi, the Executive Director of the Uganda Water and Sanitation Network, UASNET. With Satali and Yunia, we discuss the political case for water and sanitation. Politicians in every country are responsible for the well-being of the constituents they represent. What, then, is the challenge for providing water and sanitation access for the people? What information do politicians need? And what are the challenges civil society organizations face when working with them? Without further ado, here are Satali and Yunia. So Yunia, Satali, welcome to the show. Satali, we'll start with you today. Um, and I know that, you know, you've been working with sanitation and water for all. And um, the organization has a really specific uh, strategy for achieving, you know, uh, san- sustainable development goal number six, water and sanitation goal goals. Um, around political advocacy. And so I want to start, you know, really simply, if you could tell us, you know, what a parliamentarian is and how does that role relate to the challenges around water and sanitation? Great. Thank you so much, Judy, and um, uh, greetings to you and to people listening or seeing this podcast. Um, Greetings to Dakota and Yunia, who we're doing this podcast together. Um, So you start with a really good question about parliamentarians. Basically, a parliamentarian is uh, somebody who is uh, charged with the responsibility to make the laws for the country and also to provide oversight to other parts of government, such as the executive. Um, And the parliamentarians are representatives of the people in most systems. But then they come in different forms in different countries. Um, In this context, when we refer to parliamentarians, we are talking really to lawmakers, um, and in in the context of the U.S., this would be a combination of what you find in Congress, um, and in some other countries, you have also similar systems where there's an upper and lower house. So we're looking at both of those um, uh, houses, or even additional ones if there is, but primarily for people who have the responsibility to represent the people in lawmaking and providing oversight. Now, in uh, the Sanitation and Water for All, we work at three levels. We work in an area that we call reaching up, which is engaging with the political leaders, the ministers, parliamentarians, and presidents, um, looking at uh, sustainable development goal number six, and in particular, the role that these political leaders can play in supporting plans, policies, and resources for the sector. They are key decision makers. As I said, for parliamentarians, for example, they make the laws and they also work on on budgets. So they play a critical role there in terms of determining who who can and cannot have access to water and sanitation, um, how the country responds to the human rights, including the human right to water and sanitation, and also how the country provides resources for its people, everyone, including those that might be left behind in communities that are in remote places. So parliamentarians have got multiple, multiple, they've got multiple roles, and that is why we work with them because they, they're key decision makers. Yeah, so it, it sounds like parliamentarians 
are the ones who, you know, are tasked with representing the people, right? Our governments, that's what they're there for. And water and sanitation, you know, is a right, you know, we, you need it to live, you need it to thrive. And um, so we expect our government to be able to provide that for their, for the people. Um, and so I'm wondering, you know, we've looked at the, uh, the sanitation and water for all handbook for parliamentarians. So this, uh, you know, resource that you've created so that parliamentarians are able to, um, you know, uh, ensure there's effective water and sanitation service for their constituents and the communities they serve. Um, like, I'm wondering if you could tell us more about how this handbook developed, um, you know, why was it created? Um, and if, if there's a story there that you could share with us. Fantastic. So actually the story is it, it starts sometime just before COVID lockdowns. Um, Katarina, our chief executive officer, a colleague of mine and I were in Mali and we, we, Katarina was doing an official mission to Mali. So she was meeting with politicians, meeting with ministers. And we were at the parliament and um, we met with a speaker and we met in one of the meetings with a, um, a gentleman who was the chair of the SDG committee, uh, if I remember very well. And one of the things that he said was that, look, we've had this fundamental shift from the Millennium Development Goals, which ended in 2015, we are now in the era of the Sustainable Development Goals. Parliamentarians come and go, they are elected, they change um, uh, responsibilities even within parliament in terms of committees. Uh, so we need, this was the request he made, that they needed a material that could be helpful to them, for them to understand the implications of the Sustainable Development Goals, what had changed from the, the previous system, and what parliamentarians could do in this new dispensation. Well, this is five years already after the Millennium Development Goals, so we are well into the SDG era. And so we thought, well, that's a very clear ask from somebody who's who's working not just on water and sanitation, but working on a lot of issues. He was chair of the, the SDGs committee, as, we, as far as we understood at the time. So we left Mali with the understanding that a material like this could be helpful, but we also wanted to be sure that it was not responding only to the needs of one group of people, parliamentarians in one country, Mali. And uh, so we wanted to know if it, if something could be helpful, if something similar could be helpful across the board. So we checked with a, new, a few institutions, we checked with a few partners, and we got a resounding yes, a handbook would be useful. And so that's how we went off to, to prepare it, um, to look at what are the roles of the parliamentarians, what examples exist in terms of what parliamentarians have done to respond to the sustainable development goals, um, in general, but also to respond in particular to the water, sanitation and hygiene uh, aspects of this new um, uh, development agenda. So that's how we went off to prepare the handbook. And um, it took us a couple of years. Last year, then we were able to launch it. And thanks to different partners who uh, contributed to the process. Thank you, Satali. Um, I have a lot of questions, but I want to make sure that, you know, we transition to Unia and to give both of you the time to speak, because I think that will be more interesting than my questions. <laughs> um, so, Dakota, I will move it over to you. Thank you, Judy, very much. Um, so, thank you, Satali, for sharing your experience uh, focused around parliamentarians and the responsibilities uh, in the realm of water and sanitation. So, Unia, we'd like to switch over to you and ask you a few questions about your experience and background in this space. So, we've just heard from Satali about SWA's work 
in helping strengthen civil society and the political case for water. So I'm wondering, what is the state of water and sanitation sector in Uganda? And how do you think about building political powers and working with parliamentarians in order to make progress on SDG 6, similar to what Satali was sharing? Okay. Thank you so much. Um, it's a pleasure to be here and interact with you, Judy and Dakota, and the listeners uh, to this podcast. Uh, what I can say about Uganda, the state of Uganda, is that first of all, uh, we have the goodwill of government in terms of commitments, where you find that uh, uh, water and sanitation are enshrined within the Ugandan constitution. And also in all key documents, all key planning and development documents that include the National Development Plan, the Vision 2040, where water and sanitation are prioritized. However, what is really on the ground does not match so well with the commitments. Because where we are now, we need nine times the current funding that we need, um, that we currently have, or the budget allocated water and sanitation in order to attain the SDG targets. Currently, close to 20 million Ugandans don't have access to clean water, and close to 8 million still practice open defecation. And when it comes to uh, washing healthcare facilities, you find that almost 6 out of 10 healthcare facilities don't have good hygienic facilities. And in schools, you find one to, we have an average of one toilet stars catering for close to 70 pupils. So with that in mind, we are really lagging behind. So what we do, we as um, civil society organizations in, in Uganda, uh, good enough we have a good conducive environment where we engage well with government, uh, provided we have generated enough evidence. And also we engage well with members of parliament based on the guidance that has been shared by, uh, by Sanitation and Water for All, the parliamentary handbook that they developed. So we as a civil society, through the auspice of uh, the network, Uganda Water and Sanitation Network, we come together, a couple of us, including IRC, Water Aid, uh, Simavi, a number of NGOs. We come together and um, we, um, for every new term of office for the members of parliament, we undertake capacity building of the members so they may be aware of the roles that they have to do, just like Sitali has shared, in terms of budget appropri appropriation, in terms of executing and monitoring the different programs. Then after sensitizing them about their roles, then we move on to provide them with the evidence that they need to advocate, to know the status of water and sanitation uh, in the country. Yes, I've shared the statistics. And we come down, um, we've generated different uh, studies and different NGOs operate in uh, different parts of the country where they come up and they share the status of water and sanitation in the different localities of the country. And also, we avail with the members of parliament the information that they need in terms of advocating for additional budgets, in terms of um, areas that were not functioning well, to ensure that sustainable and equitable water and sanitation services are availed to all Ugandans. And in here, we've attained some good um, positive uh, milestones. One of them is where we partnered uh, with members of parliament, for instance, during COVID-19 to advocate that the water and sanitation budget is not cut or reduced um, by the Ministry of Finance, which was done. 
Then also we advocated a couple of years ago, uh, the members of parliament, they hope to advocate for prioritization of mental hygiene management for young schoolgirls who go to school so that uh, wash facilities are, are adequate and provided in schools. Though, of course, we still have a, budget, a, challenge, a challenge of financing to fulfill this, but at least a guideline has been developed at national level that, that guides all districts and politicians and government officials at district level to make sure that uh, WASH is prioritized in all schools. Thank you so much, Yunia. Um, that makes me think about uh, communities' experiences and knowledge of water. And so I wonder, um, what have you witnessed working with communities on the ground and how might local knowledge play a factor in informing or contributing WASH in program or policy development from kind of the, the bottom up perspective as well? Yeah. Uh, that's really a good question because it really speaks to us as civil society organizations. The fact that we're the ones who are best and uh, most of the time fully operational on the ground and working with communities. I'll, I'll base this example, the examples I'm going to give from the work that we do as a network, but also what many of our members are doing. For instance, currently, uh, IWASNET, which is the network of the NGOs, in partnership with government and other development partners that include GIZ and Danish People's Aid, we developed a WASH scorecard that is supposed to um, help in uh, equipping the communities and the district local governments to assess the actual outcome of the WASH programs that are implemented by government and different development partners. So this scorecard, it helps to give um, the impact of these programs. So based on that, we're able to inform government, the development partners, and different players at whether district or national level, the status of the WASH programs on the ground or where they do not exist. So it's, um, um, the actual knowledge from the communities and the feedback that we get is critical in terms of informing targeting, in, in terms of informing where the services, the WASH services are not existing, exi in existence, in terms of informing where these services have not been sustainable. This has, uh, so based on that evidence that is generated, uh, then we are able to propel uh, this evidence into informing advocacy and programs that are then delivered by government and other stakeholders. For instance, from this evidence that has been generated, um, where we are now in Uganda, we've had a national average of three out of 10 um, rural water sources that have been put in place are not functional for the last many years. So this has helped to inform government and, um, and civil society organizations to come up with a policy, with a framework that is now trying to address this gap that we're facing, um, to address, to come up with a framework that is going to put in place structures so that all water sources that are put in place uh, can remain functional, so there's no wastage, you know, out there. Then also from the evidence generated, where we realize that due to the inadequate wash in schools, it impacts on the girl child more especially um, to go to school, especially during the times 
that they're experiencing their menstrual periods. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nina. It's very comprehensive. Um, I wonder, you mentioned convening earlier. And so I also read the quarter one newsletter for you, Osnet. And there was recently convened a national dialogue of stakeholders, including politicians, on WASH data. So going back to Satali's reference to parliamentarians and politicians, I wonder what does it mean to have politicians involved in this type of activity, this type of convening? And was there any hesitancy from the politicians participating in that process? Hmm. I think that kind of piece of work is what uh, showcases the evidence that we generate and equip with politicians to know uh, the challenges that we face in ensuring that every Ugandan has access to clean water and sanitation. So first of all, they're, they're never hesitant because one thing that we realize, if you do it well, um, you find that these politicians are always eager to get this information. So. Once you, you equip them with this information, it's good for them. It's knowledge to them to know what are the challenges that we practitioners face and what are the challenges that government is facing um, um, uh, to make sure that water and sanitation is available to everyone. So such a forum, it was a good convening actually, where politicians were happy to know of uh, the challenge of data discrepancies and what is causing it and where we can work jointly with them to make sure that uh, the right data is availed to the politicians themselves, to, the, to government and line ministries, because it's, it's supporting in targeting and knowing who are the unserved uh, and how, you know, who are, in, in identifying who are the unserved so that services can be provided for them. Thank you so much, Yunia. I think we're going to switch over and open the conversation up for yourself, Yunia, and Satali to, to converse and share. Judy? Yeah, so I'll start us off. Um, Satali, do you have a question for Yunia? So great. No, uh, and, and thanks for, for, for this platform once again. Yunia, uh, you do great work, and I'm really uh, I'm really inspired by the the work that you do in USNET with the with the parliamentarians. I think what would be interesting for people to know is what are some of the challenges that you face when you are working with the political bodies such as parliament or even a group of parliamentarians. What what what's your typical type of engagement like? What are some of the difficulties that you face, and how do you overcome that? Okay. Um... <laughs> I think um, one of the challenges that we face working with politicians, and that's something we've always told them, is that in spite of them appreciating the knowledge that we give them, you find that at times they have high expectations. Yeah, they have high expectations in terms of if you if you call them for a meeting, <laughs> at times they need much more than the knowledge you're going to pass on. Thanks, thanks for sharing that. I was asking that because one of the things that um, we come across in SWA when you're working with political leaders is that they change a lot. Well, elections will come and then you might have the minister changed, perhaps a whole group of parliamentarians also uh, go with those elections. 
Um, so one of the key questions has been, how do you ensure continuity, even in a context of um, significant change? And since you have been working with the forum in a, with the parliamentarian uh, parliamentarians for, forum in Uganda for you say that the, the forum has been there for about ten years and you've been with you UASNet for five years, so it would be good to hear from you how you deal with this change. Have you found solutions that can help to maintain the focus on the key vision and agenda, even when the, the, there might be changes um, in people? parliamentarians and maybe even the people that they yeah yeah that's a good yeah that's good inputs uh the issue of change the change of uh, the people uh within uh, within parliament and one key stability that needs to be provided is for you to be able to to raise resources to have a secretariat that supports them Okay, there is need to have like-minded organizations that believe in this and, and parliament as a key vehicle of uh, fostering their advocacy agendas. Um, so for them to be able to put in some funding to support a secretariat, because for instance, for us, we just changed our parliament around about two years ago, but because there's a, a secretariat with the same staff kind of people who also know the ways around of working in parliament, they guide us as civil society, but they also guide the members of parliament of how to work with different stakeholders. So that creates the stability. Now that's 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 exciting to to work with the secretariat that then transcends those political moments. That's uh, that's great. What I wondered also, Yunia, is if you could shed light on um, uh, how, whether actually you work on this in terms of uh, getting cross-party type of support because water and sanitation should be apolitical in a way. All of us, we need water to drink and the water we drink knows no color in terms of political flags and political banners. It's a, And if it's not clean, all of us are going to suffer. The diarrhea we will suffer, we will not choose whether the which political party we come from. So so do you, this forum that you work with in Uganda, to what extent do you actually, is it developed around a cross-party coalition for water and sanitation? And is that difficult to do? Is that what you experience in, in getting support across political lines? That's the interesting thing, because of course, as secretariat, you have to make sure that, yeah, they're nonpartisan, because like you've said, water and sanitation is nonpartisan, irrespective of what the policy, for instance, in Uganda, internationally, we are currently asked about issues around LGBT. But we tell them that once you go to serve the community, you don't mind about the gender of the person. You don't mind about if they're for the ruling party or for the opposition. So uh, when it comes to the secretariat, of course, that is key. Then when it comes to the forums, for the committees that are helping to champion water and sanitation within parliament, of course, the face of the chair may have an impact, but what is key is the message. And once we get in these forums, when we are convening the parliamentarians, they all come in. And these are some of the issues that join them together. Because irrespective of the party they come in, they all share this, whether it's challenges, it's the same challenge of uh, the communities bombarding them with uh, requesting for the need for to put up water, new water sources, it's irrespective of one is from the ruling party or not. So once we get in, in the room, 
Once you start prioritizing issues of advocacy about water, water and sanitation, here is a joint message. And it's the good thing that you see that even when currently we have the chair, irrespective of the chair of the, the parliamentary committees uh, in, uh, for WASH in parliament, um, that does not hinder the opposition, you know, parliamentarians to come in and contribute to the discussions because they know that it will benefit them, whether they're in for the ruling party or for the opposition. Yunia, I'm wondering if you have a question for Satali next. The, what I have to say is that, uh, you know, um, yes, I think it's good SWA came up with uh, uh, the guideline that is trying to prepare working with parliament. I want to find out how far you've gone to making sure that different countries uh, are making use of it how you're tracking this progress, and uh, yeah. Great. I, I knew it was not going to be an easy one. I knew it was. <laughs> Thank you, Yoni. And, and uh, I think um, partners like uh, USNET have really been fantastic in taking forward the, the handbook. Um, there's a politician in Zambia who said, you don't grow tomato and tell tomato, go and sell yourself. Um, and the beauty of the SWA partnership is that they, the partners themselves are taking up this work in a number of countries, like yourself in Uganda and also in Liberia. We were also aware of partners in Latin America and in Brazil that were also interested in this work. Um, we haven't done sort of a check across the partnership to check uh, how many of you are still using it. But what's interesting is that we do uh, occasionally hear from partners that say we would like some printouts of the handbook or would like to share it because of a workshop. So it's, it's, it has a life beyond that, um, which is good. Uh, but I think what is also extremely crucial is that partners need to make sure that they use it. They distribute it to parliamentarians. I was, in fact, at, um, at the All Systems Connect symposium earlier this month, and I was talking to the minister from Malawi and talking about the handbook, and she said, give me some copies. And I, luckily, I had about uh, 20 copies, which I gave then to somebody who was um, uh, also coming from Malawi for her to go back and hopefully then they would distribute those um, handbooks. So the tomato is selling. Uh, that's the first thing. But I think what's really crucial in this phase is to see exactly what countries are doing in the context of supporting parliamentarian uh, forums, like the one you have, the one they have in Liberia, which is a parliamentary caucus that grew out of civil society uh, campaigning um, and asking candidates for elections to clearly state if they are supportive of water and sanitation or not, and if so, what they were going to do if elected. And once they were elected, they then formed the legislative caucus. So that, that, that was good. And we're hoping that there could be more and more types of mechanisms that ensure that the responsibilities of parliamentarians in terms of representation, legislation, oversight, budgeting, that they are done effectively. Um, yeah, so that's a, a thanks for the question. That's what I can say. I do have a question for Unia, if I may. Um, you know, Unia, earlier when you and Dakota were speaking, you know, you mentioned that if you do it well, um, you know, parliament 
politicians and parliamentari parliamentarians, um, you know, they're on your side, right? They they want to help and they, um, you know, understand that, you know, we all use water um, and we all have sanitation needs. And I'm wondering, what does it look like to not do it well? You know, what, ha what happens, um, you know, when, um, you know, that isn't done well? I'm just wondering what that looks like. Well, one thing we should know that parliamentarians are busy people. Yeah, if you want to engage with them, you have to prepare, prepare well. As civil society, you have to prepare well. And um, like I mentioned, one of the key things that they look out for is evidence. You know, so whenever you meet with them, you have to have a clear agenda, what the focus is going to be, and you should make sure that the agenda speaks to them. You know, of course, what sanitation speaks to them, but you have to be clear. And most of all, package that information well. They don't have time to read, you know. So, uh, of course, um, in a meeting, yeah, there'll be a presentation, but what is that take home? What is their specific ask that you want from them? And also, if there's evidence you've generated, package it in at most two-pager. A two-pager is enough for them to know the basic facts, what you're asking them to do, that's it. Thank you. Dakota, do you have any questions? Sometimes we ask our listeners, um, what gives you hope, especially with your processes and what you work in? So I guess maybe if you care to answer, what, what gives you hope in your work for water and sanitation? And Unia, you can go first. What gives me hope is, just like we've shared, um, is that what we are advocating for, what we are working around, is a key priority for every individual. And to me, I always say, um, COVID-19, of course, it impacted us all negatively in a big way. But one thing it did hi highlight, that the importance of water, the importance of good hygiene. So such scenarios, you know, they give you hope and you just hope that that aha moment happens for everyone. It happens from everyone, both globally, nationally, all those key decision makers. It should happen to everyone to know that water and sanitation are a necessity. If you wake up in the morning, you just go to the tap and open, and water flows for you to be able to, you know, be clean and have a hygienic place is not guaranteed for everyone. So what gives me hope is for us to keep advocating so that people know that yes, after realizing that it's so important to have clean water and sanitation, huh, there are those that don't have it. So it should be availed to them. Thank you. Thank you, Yunia. And for yourself, Sitali, what gives you hope in your work and processes around water and sanitation? Well, that's a great question. I think to uh, firstly, just linking with the topic that we had today on parliamentarians, um, Yunia, you, what's the name of the parliamentarian who wrote this uh, op-ed op recently, the one that was talking about parliamentary caucuses and forums? 
Amongin. Yes. Uh, what's her role again? Could, could you say a bit about her? Because I think for me, what she did gave me hope, encouraging other parliamentarians to to do what they've done in Uganda. And uh, sorry, Yudni, I'm asking you more questions instead of answering my question. But uh, I wonder if you can say a little bit about her and then I'll say why that gives me hope. Okay. Honorable Jacqueline Amongin was, um, I think she was the founding chair of the WASH uh, Parliamentary Forum in Uganda. And uh, currently she's heading the East Africa. She's a member of the East Africa Regional Legislative, Legislative Council Assembly. So where she's now taken up the advocacy from national level and now at regional and coordinator level, because even last week she's been involved in a, um, a uh, Africa, Pan-Africa uh, forum where she's been advocating for uh, mainstreaming wash within climate change. Great. Now, this to me was inspirational and it gives me hope because you can see that there are people who've been working on this issue, not just because they were parliamentarians, but because they believe in it. So they've taken this issue even at now a sub-regional level, uh, doing op-eds, encouraging others in other countries to do the same, and even saying this is why it was helpful for her, this is why countries need these cross-party parliamentary caucuses. Um, I think that championing that's emerging from parliaments and from, from, from people who've worked with parliamentarians is important. Now, this is crucial because of the roles that parliamentarians play in determining budgets, in making laws, ensuring that there are policies. Um, so I think if we can have more of that type of uh, engagement, I think that's good. Also, I think politicians who know that doing water and sanitation is good politics. I think we're having a number of politicians who are um, taking that uh, uh, understanding, knowing that investing time, investing their political time in water and sanitation is not a, a law is not a loss politically because water and sanitation are crucial to their people, they're crucial to everyone. So I have hope that we have more and more politicians who um think who will emerge and think like that um, to support those that are already doing this work. Broadly beyond this point, I think it's also encouraging to see a number of countries that are expressing interest to elevate the conversation to their presidents or to their head of state or head of government uh, so that they too could prioritize water and sanitation. We have uh, a number of countries that have already committed to having a presidential compact this year. And if presidents do that, I believe that then the parliamentarians will very likely follow suit and support with, with the necessary resources and uh, uh, plans. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Yunia Satali. Thank you and all the best. <laughs> <laughs>